You're listening to the Masonic Light Podcast. Starring Pete Ruggieri, Larry Maris, and Jason Lewis. This podcast is not endorsed by any Grand Lodge, and the ridiculous ramblings of the hosts are their own. So sit back and enjoy some Masonic conversation without pretension. And now, here's your hosts, Pete, Larry, and Jason. Hey, everybody. <laughs> oh. Hey, welcome. Hey, we're here at episode number what? 31. 31. 31. A, a very cheery 31. A very cheery 31. XXXI. And um, yeah, so we're still here. Um, oh. Obviously, because we're not getting paid or we'd we be canceled already. <laughs> Um, so yeah, um, we had a good, sh- we are, we've been recording probably for a half an hour now. Um, but we'll get to that later. Um, you'll see why. So we'll start off, um, with our normal, what have we done Masonically? Let's, so let's start with Larry, the producer. The week that was, <laughs> Jeez, give me a break. Uh, oh, the week that was, well, uh, goose and gridiron. Okay, fine. <laughs> Yes, as I said. I sound yeah, happy. Jesus Breakfast is Christ awful anymore. anyway. Uh, Only thing I like about it is it's it's we, quiet. It's quieter than Park City Diner. I just can't be there. I'm, I'm, my work schedule just changed. I don't know how, but it just morphed. I got to make a living. Well, sure you do. Well, yeah. nine o'clock is hard for somebody that works for a living. Yeah, we we know that. That's I, okay. I asked Larry if we could try an hour I'm earlier. Sad. No, Larry won't get up earlier. No, but I bet if you. Did an hour earlier, we Bob. Bob Mauer. Bob will be there. Bob would already be there at five o'clock. <laughs> yeah. He's helping to make coffee. But no, I'm serious. Like, if you threw out there that, hey, um, I can't be there at regular time, but I could meet you, be there at eight. I'm sure you'll get guys there. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's my ritual time. Because yeah. some of the guys will hang out, and you know, somebody will get there at eight and stay till nine. So. Yeah, we see all you guys come in because Jeff and I get there about an hour early, and we practice ritual in the car. If you're not a Mason, that sounds horrible. <laughs> uh, Larry, anything else Masonically? Or, uh, uh, fellowship committee met, and again, uh, a large crowd there. Uh, this, uh, uh, the, the, the fellowship, the, the fun things that we're doing really are, it, it draws people. They're really interested in it. They like to get together, have pizza, drink beer. I mean, it's it's a good group of people. You mean and, your lodge's fellowship and our night? Lo- yeah, our lodge. Right. Yeah, I'm talking about our lodge. Yeah, but fellowship committee. But yeah, fellowship night. When I say committee, I meant fellowship night. Uh, is is encompassing other lodges in our district that are starting to come in. Uh, there are three or four or five guys from 43. I mean, it's uh, so basically uh, for you guys that are just you know starting off listening to our show. Um, for our fellowship night, what we do is we have uh, we have a local a brother that um, he owns a restaurant, he owns a pizza shop, and there's a private room in the back. So one night a month, we he opens that room up to us, and anybody can order whatever they want off the menu. And he has a um, a beer license, um, so you can get sodas or beer and and go back there and sit. And he will donate, I believe, ten percent or twenty five percent. He donates something off the food sales. Um, so. To whatever our charity is. Half of the non-alcoholic profits. There you go. And uh, it's a good night. We always have 20 to 30 men there um, just hanging out without... Somebody will always ruin it by trying to be, make it something official. Is it is it happening this month? 
It's always e poor yeah, Thursday. Yeah. yeah, that's my even I, even throughout the summer it's gonna continue. That's an extra meeting night for us at forty three, but we only have one fellow craft coming up, so so I think I might come. Sorry, Pete. Uh, that's okay. Lyra, what else do you have going on? Uh, that's, that's, that's it. Uh, of course, I went to a uh, lodge meeting, but I'm going to let you talk about that. Oh, okay. Very, very good. Uh, Jason, you have anything? Yeah, I've done a bunch. Um, I don't know where to start. Uh, I came to your meeting, and I petitioned your lodge, and <sighs> uh, I instructed your secretary to absolutely not transfer me. I want to be a plural member, but that was fun. Came to Strawberry Night, but more, more to be... Uh, spoken about that, but it was fun. What's the deal with a? It has to be how many objections do we have to have to keep you out? Three, three. You have to have three. Yeah. Okay, I, I'm working on that right now. <laughs> Such fellowship. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I had. I guess he could come anyway. This way, at least we get his money. Yeah, now you, yeah, now you, at least you're going to get his dues money. So what the heck? You know, and if he I, makes uh, eye contact, he could have a chair. <laughs> we had a uh, extra meeting before our stated meeting uh, by dispensation, just because of the way the uh, the month fell and we couldn't uh, make it work this uh, the way it's supposed to, because Royal Royal Archer, somebody's in the room, blah 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 blah. So in any event, we had our extra meeting already. Um, what else did I do? See, I told you I was going to play out. I've done a bunch of cool stuff and a lot of work. I'll, I'll, if I, I'll interrupt somebody if yeah, I I'm figure sure it out. Jack, I mean, you were just saying that your Masonic events tend to happen after this podcast. Yeah, the second, our, our state of meetings, second Tuesday. So we do this the second Monday, and then all hell breaks loose. And I've got like five Masonic events this week. And um, culminated, we have state of meeting tomorrow. Uh, of course, by the time this airs, it'll be last week. But. Uh, state of meeting tomorrow, uh, Thursday, Royal Arch. Uh, we have um, a table chapter at Royal Arch this week. It's dinner at the Marriott. Um, real nice uh, high-end dinner. I think you came to the last one, um, maybe-ish. Um, <clears throat> and then Saturday is the Raising in the Cave at uh, Penn's Cave up in... Um, uh, or Indian Echo Indian Caverns. Echo Caverns. Yeah, yeah. Indian Echo Caverns. Uh, we're we're uh, having a Master Mason degree. We're renting the entire cavern entrance area and the cave. So it's it's a private party. Taking 120 chairs down 95 flights of or 95 steps to the area at the bottom, and uh, we're gonna have we're gonna not have Larry Maris there. It, no, it's no. a it's a little a bit of a walk if you were having some physical yeah, it's, issues. It's yeah. definitely not handicapped accessible, but it is uh, something that we're doing special as a as a uh, commemoration of the 300th anniversary of not the founding of Freemasonry, but the founding of the United Grand well uh, the founding of the Premier Grand Lodge of England. Um, Freemasonry existed well before that, as we all know. And uh, any work uh, done on your uh, Rathskeller? Uh, yeah, as a matter of fact, I got a PowerPoint. I'll show you in a couple minutes. Um, but um, that'll look good in the headphones. That'll yeah, you can it, hold your Our face listeners will love real that. close to to the, your iPod. Um, but we're presenting next. We're presenting tomorrow. Um, whether or not it gets held over for a month, we're not really sure. If it gets held over for a month, it's not going to happen for five or maybe six. So we're hoping to present it and have the brothers say, this is such a fantastic idea, we want to go ahead and do this. But we're, uh, we're turning our beige dungeon into a um, replica of uh, Old English tavern. 
So it Very should, cool. should look nice. Yeah, that could be a good topic for our show sometime, just the uniqueness of all the different lodges, because I would never, not just our lodges, but the dynamics of owning your own building, not owning your own building, that would never fly in the Masonic Center. And it's such a cool idea. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we could talk for days about our art center. Well, the the big thing we we had many years ago, back in 1999, uh, a brother passed away, with no family, no church affiliation, no no no, not much of nothing, and left the bulk of his estate to the lodge. So it was a fantastic bequest. It it set us up basically um, almost in perpetuity. Uh, so that money's been growing and growing and growing, and we've we've looked at a couple of other options buying buildings and things like that and it was like nope we ha we're here we own this building um and and we'd like to have a nice place i mean you walk into that place and it's the basement's just gross yeah and you guys already did a good job with the, your lodge room i think it's the you know maybe the best looking lodge room in the county um, oh, by far. some all majesty there that none of the other ones have you know but nice. it's just that Thank i mean you. that's the beauty of that situation yeah yeah and no one comes from lancaster to visit us ever except when they have to because you don't have an elevator. <laughs> and but never there, will. But there is a liquor store on the first floor. Yes, <laughs> that we don't have a door into. You can elevate your spirits, Larry. There you go. Um, so let's see. What did I have going on? Um, I went to our stated meeting uh, and our strawberry night. Um, I'll save that for a second because we also had Tall Cedars picnic on Saturday. On Saturday. Um, it was, it's always a good job. It's always a good time. The Tall Cedars picnic was fantastic. It really Despite was. Despite Jeff Moyer's attendance, it's, yes, a, it's, yes. a, it's a good time. <laughs> and, and, he, and, and he tried to ruin it for everybody, but we kept moving them back toward the tree line further and further. And more people came, the more he moved back. So, My wife made a comment. Look how nice it would be to have dogs that we didn't have to worry about killing people. <laughs> As there was like four nice dogs just playing in the yard without leashes. <laughs> oh... So strawberry night. So three out of four of us were at our strawberry night. Um, so I think that maybe is just a Pennsylvania thing or, or a central Pennsylvania thing. But the our June meeting, traditionally, um, strawberries are in season. So we get a, a metric ass load of strawberries <laughs> from the... Beep. From the... Uh, <laughs> um, That's pretty mild. Yeah. yeah. Uh, from uh, the Masonic Village's farm market. And Mrs. Hoover goes ahead and prepares them. And we have a meal. And then after the meal, we have our meeting. And hopefully we come down pretty quickly and enjoy strawberries and ice cream. So And pretzels. Yeah. That so must be a central PA thing. <laughs> ice cream and pretzels? No, that's everything. So, I mean, the dinner was good. That's, you know, nothing to whine or complain about the deal meal. That's always good. Went up to our meeting. And typically the meeting, we try to get done really quickly. And then the worshipful master decides to like, try and do something interactive, which I applaud, with the whole room and ask people's opinion on things. And of course, nobody says anything because everybody wants to go downstairs and eat strawberry and be back with their spouses, except for three people <laughs> decided to talk. Oh, yeah. You'll never guess who the three people are. Easy, easy, oh. easy now. Easy Jason now. Lewis. Oh. No, I didn't talk. Not you? No, no he didn't talk. Uh, it wasn't you. I'm sorry. I was sitting next to somebody yes. who talked. So it was Larry Maris, three guys that just need to hear themselves talk. And they really added nothing to the discussion. 
They took 15 minutes away from me and my strawberries. Always tearing people down, Pete. Kind of build them up. Kind of build them up. So we go back down, and uh, my wife immediately makes eye contact with me, and she was not happy. So our presentation, set up by our senior, our junior warden. Junior, junior warden, yeah. Was like a damsel in distress um, safety training. But, but it's kind of like a Tupperware party for stun guns. <laughs> so, like, you could, you could fill out a card, and they're going to give away a stun gun. But they also generated $300 in sales from the captive audience of guests that we invited to a sales presentation. It's kind of like when you're, kind of like when you're at the, um, in Mexico at a resort, wow. and they offer you a, <laughs> yeah, a free yeah. day, and then you get sucked into a presentation. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> anyway, so I, I discussed that with uh, with Larry, our, our senior war, our junior warden. Uh, I still don't think he gets it, but do you guys, <laughs> I don't know. I just think that's in poor Masonic. <laughs> Mercenary, you know. Mercenary, other. I, I, I don't. I don't. We did ask him to be on the show tonight. However, he he, refu- he uh, was not did not take. Yeah, our he's he's. Uh, no, 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 no. No, he, no, he said he would be here, and we didn't invite him. No, we did invite him. No, there was a post, and he, he said a, I'd be happy to come on. He has a conflict. He would have been happy to come on at four o'clock or five o'clock. Okay, understood. Uh, he uh, think to have a special meeting tonight or something like that. Yeah, he's a meeting tonight. I think that it's difficult to come up with something new and fresh all the time. And I think that Larry's really, really trying. Oh, oh, no, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, oh, yeah. he is no, trying yeah. really Absolutely. hard. Fresh air, and he is, he's a, an asset to the lodge. At our lodge, uh, the ladies are going to be downstairs doing a cupcake decorating event. Because oh. our worshipful master's wife is a baker. So uh, she's is that made. your ladies' night, or is that your strawberry night? That's, it's both. Okay. We have a very busy night tomorrow. We in the past have had probably one of the greatest ladies' night in the history of our lodge. Very, and very educational. Very educational. Tripping and up. the master of the lodge happened to be none other than our own Pete Ruggieri. <gasps> oh, wait. And we're giving him guff about And tasers? it was probably the only ladies' night anybody remembers from my lodge. That's right. We remember it to this day. And I wasn't even there, but I remember it. We had like... <laughs> We had like uh, Jack Hanna, Jungle Jack Hanna or something, oh and a traveling reptile show. Awesome. Handing out snakes to the ladies. <laughs> you could tell I wasn't married. How very Pete of you. <laughs> oh, you know, and the, and, the, and the rule was afterwards, they he, he counted the snakes. He brought 20, but he only found 19. So someone said one of them is still in the lodge to this day. And every now and then we find a skin in an attic or a crawl space. Oh, <laughs> we also did get a, 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 I think, a very nice presentation by our uh, district deputy. Uh, uh, the Rock. Yeah, so one of our... Um, Wait, The Rock is our district the deputy? Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 no. Dwight. No, um, our district deputy is also named Larry. Apparently, 50% of the first Masonic district is named Larry. Um, but, you know, I don't know how many... I forget. I don't have the PowerPoint here. But um, we, there was a, a building on the campus at Masonic Villages somewhere between 50 and 100 years ago that was built. Slaughterhouse. And it was a slaughterhouse. There's a prettier name for it, but... Yeah. It was a Lamberton uh, house. Eventually. Yeah. yeah. So it was a, br- um, a past master of our lodge donated a significant amount of money, um, and it became like the <laughs> state-of-the-art meat processing facility. Um, so they kind of told the history of, of the building. Um, 
and they tore it down to make, I don't know, a Circle K or something. I don't know. But uh, the district deputy brought one of the stones from the building and presented it to the master of our lodge. So I don't know what we're going to do with this stone. I say before every lodge meeting, we, like, touch it like we're at a, uh, you know, like Notre Dame, game. Notre Dame game where they touch the sign or something, for, you know, for good luck. But I got your answer right here. You, you can have the traveling stone. You can compete with the traveling gavel. I know, and nobody wants to win it. Nobody wants to win it because it's so heavy. The stone I, scone. I said just put, it, put a chain on it with a bathroom key. <laughs> All right, everybody, we're going to take a quick break, and we're going to come back with the rest of our show. Hey, and we're here with uh, Brother Seth Anthony on our uh, our jury-rigged <laughs> telecom system. How you doing, Seth? I am well. Only the highest quality audiovisual elements for this podcast, I know. Right, so you know, about ten minutes before showtime, uh, Seth messages me and goes, "How are we gonna do this thing tonight where I call in?" I'm like, "I have no idea." That was what Larry was talking about. So we have my cell phone on speaker, laying next to a microphone, <laughs> and none of us are wearing our headphones. We're just yelling into the one mic, one microphone. For what it's worth, the producer wasn't briefed. This is what we get for boasting. We have the best sounding podcast. All right. This, so. on the other hand, is more like up periscope, as you see, man. So, we'll, we'll bury this in the middle of the episode. So, Larry. Yo. You wanted to talk about conspiracy theories. So, yes. uh, yeah. go ahead and warm, bring us up to speed on that. Says thanks for, uh, for uh, showing up and putting up with this. <laughs> Whatever. I wanted to talk a little bit, and you sent me a lot of information. Of course, I'll, I'll just ask a question. To start the discussion, do we think that Freemasons have ever been involved in any kind of conspiracy in the history of our fraternity? Open for discussion. I have the final answer. I, I have the correct answer, so I'm going to go last. <laughs> Seth, you want to you pop up? long enough to know that almost everything we do is a conspiracy of some sort. Most of it just involves pancakes, waffles, ham, or what we're going to eat, though. I don't think it's actually going to be productive in any sort of political or forceful way. Jason, you have any uh, input on the conspiracy theory to put it to rest? Pies. <laughs> Somehow somebody gets suckered into buying pies. And we screw up a pie sale? That doesn't, yeah. No, I don't know what you're talking about. Okay. So Jack and I have the real answers. Yeah, I know. I think, personally, that from its very inception in the 1700s, this fraternity has been 100% about conspiracies. And that is to say, I believe that the reason it spread as far and wide as it did was that business people in those days made agreements with each other to support each other and to view one man's, I'm not even going to say it the way we say it in the work, but in the third degree, you're told to see his necessary obligations as inseparable from your own, right? So for me, this was a way to ensure international commerce by swearing everybody that guy knew to an oath to protect you. So for me, 
that's where I see conspiracy in the fraternity. I think it's in its DNA. Now, the problem with that is because we have now a, a sinister definition of the word conspiracy. And that, I think, is the problem. Because what it means is to whisper together. That's what the word conspiracy means. So I think absolutely we do that. If you were to go by, like, the crimes code definition of conspiracy, right. you know, we're, we're planning to um, steal pancakes, okay? So the four of us decide we're going to go somewhere and we're going to steal pancakes. Well, maybe we trust each other because the four of us are Masons and we you know, trust each other as friends. But and when it goes in the paper tomorrow that when we get caught, it'll be area Freemasons steal pancakes. But conspire my, to steal. Pancakes. Right. But like. Our worshipful master didn't say, you guys need to go spell, steal pancakes. Ah, there you go. My district deputy, the Grand Lodge, like, it's anytime you get a group of individuals, whether they're police officers, firefighters, office workers, I don't care what they are, and they have their own little pact of trust. Yeah. Like, you're going to—it it creates an environment that if somebody wanted to do something— Nefarious. Of, nefarious. They think they have a little bit of secrecy. And I see it all the time on the news with police things where, you know, depending on how somebody wants to spin the news, yeah, it'll be, um, you know, area, you know, Christians boycott this. Well, no, it's, you know, one church might, you know, it's not like all Christians got this memo, mm -hmm. you know, and or like when they always say, like, there's a shooting, uh, you know, an unarmed uh, teenager. That automatically puts you on the the defensive that is nefarious. Sure. That teenager could have just writ, drove over five people. Right. But again, and, and this goes back to something we talked about a couple episodes ago about differentiating between someone who is a Mason and something that is Masonic. Right? So to, to intentionally harm anyone is certainly not Masonic. Agreed. But... <laughs> system is built and set up is really nothing could be a conspiracy beyond you know a state level or, or yeah a national conspiracy we can't agree on who's a freemason across state lines let alone agree on a national conspiracy wherein we're all going to try to control everything right and and that goes to you know i was talking about this earlier um you you look at civil war history you know, there's there's brother against brother across the battle lines at Antietam, and there was no conspiracy to join together there. Um, but uh, what um, Napoleon was a Freemason and invaded the Romanovs, who were also Freemasons. So where was the conspiracy there? Uh, it, it 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 all breaks down to human individuals and whether or not they're living the code that we teach within Freemasonry, and that is to consider one man's interests as inseparable from his own. And that, I think, is is the crux of what we ought to be doing, and for the most part, no longer are. Um, Larry looks like uh, he wants his, to speak. Yeah, his, his historically, <clears throat> historically, though, um, the French Revolution is, in my mind right now, uh, because that, to me, was one vast conspiracy to overthrow a king and to overthrow uh, a whole family of royals. Uh, that was 
very, very much so, although denied to this day, somewhat orchestrated by Freemasons. Or men that were Freemasons. Men that were Freemasons, but not, exactly. Yeah, but you the, mean the Sons of Liberty? No, no, I'm talking oh, about oh, France. France. I'm French sorry. Revolution. Yeah. French Revolution. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, there was no call from on high, a directive. No, absolutely and not. And to digest the decisions. No, there was a movement, right? No, absolutely not. But case in point is, in France today, Freemasons are afraid to even link themselves with anything that has to do with a conspiracy or with the government for fear of any kind of retribution that still dates back to uh, 1790. So, I mean, and again, if you, if you study that French Revolution very, very close, you realize that we had a lot to do with that. Well, yeah. yeah. I mean, their rally cry was liberty, yeah. equality, fraternity. Yeah, right? exactly, so, exactly. Good, so it sounds but, like you're you know, trying Jack to get a word. Said, it, it, but, you know, as Jack said, it, it's... The issue of Freemasons doing things themselves independent of the great organization versus something the organization has deemed important. So as I look through, you know, the, the big list of Masonic conspiracy theories here, you know, trying to tie us to the KKK, the Orange Order, and there was just a recent article out saying that the, the Klan was more influenced by Freemasonry than any other institution, enough so that Art DeHoyos had to write a letter to the editor saying, You've got this all wrong. So the Bohemian Grove, the Skull and Crossbones, the KKK, the Orange Order, just because a Freemason independently went and joined and participated in one of these bodies doesn't make it a Masonic conspiracy any more than a member of your church going and joining something becomes a conspiracy. Right. You can go to, you know, my college fraternity. We had terms that we used that I had no idea were Masonic. Until later, I joined the Masons. I'm like, oh, that's what black, that's where black ball means, you know? <laughs> well, that's why we say that when we don't take somebody. Or if you look at the, the Mormon church, you know, the guys that formed, created the Mormon church were Masons. So when they set up, you know, ritual, of course, they, that was a ritual they knew. So that's why a lot of their stuff is, but it wasn't a conspiracy, you know? So, uh, so other to, to Jack's point about, I was going to ask you, actually, Seth, for some other examples of Masonic-related or assigned conspiracies that um, that we've blown up. I know you, you're real big on Leo Taxel and all that. I know the, the, the Mafia, the Teamsters, and the Freemasons killed Kennedy. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Right. You know, I think if you look at all, all the stuff we've ever been tied with, the only one that technically and historically holds any water, even to the faintest degree, is the ties to the Illuminati. You know, and, and there's the pop culture version of the Illuminati that's out there now versus what it really was. And it, you know, it, in reality, it was an organization of of guys who tried to use Freemasonry for their own purpose that lasted all of what three to five years, something like that. I wish so yes, you it was a conspiracy, but to the extent that people want to label it, not so much. I was sure you were going to say William Morgan. I, I just talked about William Morgan the other evening at a, at a commandery function, um, you know, and for what you will, I've been to Batavia, New York, and uh, I think there's not a whole lot to do up there other than come up with conspiracy theories. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least for six months of the year, anyway. But Bob Hurd put a good book together on that whole project. And at the end of the day, it, it came across more as a, 
Keystone Cops adventure. But there, but clearly there was some uh, there was some Masonic cover-ups involved there, no doubt about it. And it resulted in the the anti-Masonic movement just gaining strength and becoming really a, a small juggernaut in the, in the 1820s. Well, it gave uh, what's his face Thaddeus Stevens something to do. Yeah. So. Yeah. You know, I think this whole topic came up initially, at least with Larry. I shared in the, the roughly two years I operated the Grand Lodge website for Pennsylvania. It was kind of the man behind the screen on that. Uh, the, the number of emails and contacts we would get in a given month uh, of folks laying conspiracy theories at our doorstep or asking the, the Masons to conspire to help them or, or things uh, – most lodges may not see that, at least on the local level, but on a state level, those issues are actually far more prevalent than I think most people realize. And I'd be willing to bet if you asked any grand secretary how often he's contacted by folks uh, either claiming a conspiracy against the Grand Lodge or asking the Grand Lodge for help for whatever their recent ailment is, is, is pretty staggering. So do, if I have a conspiracy, will they help me? <laughs> I think you have to ask the district deputy grandmaster, consult the I'm in reason, get the approval of your worshipful master, and then work it up the chain. Okay. I'll, I'll, I'll wait a couple years for that. Can we have an exploratory committee first, please? <laughs> now, Seth, you can't give us that kind of info and not give us a sample of what a typical letter is like. Um, you know, I saw stuff that was all across the board. Um, you know, I wasn't in the Grand Secretary's office per se, but I know some folks who were down there. Um, it was not uncommon to get letters from prisoners, uh, you know, asking for assistance either of money or to vouch for their character or something like that. Um, it was not uncommon to get multi-page emails, you know, that would be five, six, seven pages long of a diatribe of how, you know, the Freemasons were conspiring against them, and please stop bothering me, and I'm going to call the police on you. Um, it, it really ranged uh, all the way across the board, and in most cases, um, you know, there's not a whole lot you can do. You're not going to respond to these folks because that'll either just play into it or cause more trouble. So you kind of just read it and go, "Man, I hope some of these folks are getting some mental health uh, help because it is legitimately concerning. And if there's a legitimate threat," um, you know, we, we have to operate on that appropriately. And I know enough folks who work at major Masonic installations that that's a concern. Uh, you think about the George Washington National Masonic Memorial down in Alexandria. Uh, it has been, you know, reported in the news as a potential terrorist target. Uh, we've had shots fired on our own Grand Lodge building in Philadelphia at one time. Um, scary stuff that you have to think about that we, we try to put on this brave public face of we're not a conspiracy theory but those who want to find us and do us harm, uh, we got a big square and compass on the side of our buildings that can cause some concern. Well said. Well, well said. Thank you, Seth. And, uh, and, we, and we have it pretty good here in the U.S. I mean, as it goes globally, um, there's lots of places where you can't wear your ring or your pin or your hat. I know that in other countries like, like Italy and France where there's men that were Freemasons, did get involved in some kind of nefarious political things. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I don't know, that kind of just puts a, a taint on all of us when that, when that happens. Right. 
It's, it's like when you put that fish symbol on the back of your car and drive down the highway with a finger extended out the window. You, you can't do that. You, when you're wearing the square encompasses, even when you're not, right, you, you, you should behave the way we're taught to behave. That's, you know, that to, to, to that point on recent events, though, that we see, uh, I follow the Grand Lodge of Russia on Facebook and on Instagram, and it's not uncommon to see members in photos to hold their hands over their face yeah, uh, you know they're happy to be masons, but they don't want their their face out there. And then you look at what's going on in Italy, where you know the the state, the government, has tried to seize the records of Masonic membership. Uh, we we've got it pretty easy here in the U.S. when it comes to are we conspiring? Um, you know, around the globe, these guys are are putting themselves in legitimate danger, at least you know from a career standpoint or their their vocation uh, by being associated with the fraternity. Excellent, excellent. Seth, I, I do thank you very much for uh, allowing us to talk to you tonight. And uh, it's, it's always good to get your input because you are absolutely a wealth of knowledge. Uh, thanks for coming on the show. We could be talking about this for the next 25 days in a row and not really not really get to the bottom of it. Let us, let us know if there's any good conspiring going on we want to be a part of. Some... <laughs> I think the biggest conspiracy I have right now is to find something that's going to cut the grease from the buttering up that Larry just did. So. <laughs> nice. Smooth. All right, Seth. Well, thank you for coming on, and thank you for doing the uh, corpora obscurum, no matter what Larry says. My pleasure, guys. I appreciate Love you, the Seth. opportunity, Thanks. and uh, best of luck as usual. All right, buddy. Thank you. Thanks. Bye, Seth. Take care, fellas. Next on the list, Larry has fan mail, hate mail. So we love hearing from you. Please send us an email, masoniclatepodcast at gmail.com, or call us and leave a message at 315-596-266. What does that spell? That's 31559-MASON. It's a conspiracy. Make sure you check out our website at masoniclight.com, and you can find us on the interwebs at, or listen to us at what? Uh, MasonicLight.com. You can find us on just, SoundCloud. Just Google Masonic Light Podcast and Google Play. Comes up. But if you iTunes. call us and leave a me- nasty message on the voicemail, you might f- hear your nasty message on this program. So there you go. And uh, um, yeah, I, I understand there's some celebrities that might be calling in soon. I I'm not sure. Yeah, disclaimer if you call, uh, we're going to use you. We're going to use them on the air. Hey, welcome back. Uh, right now, we're going to jump into Seth Anthony and his corpora obscurum. More Seth. All Seth all the time. Never get enough Seth. You're about to enter corpora obscurum, the realm of weird fraternal organization. Leave your Freemasonry behind. Prepare to meet druids, caliphs, and wild creatures. Knock thrice and enter at your own risk. Welcome back to Corpora Obscurum. Today we're tackling probably the best-known non-Masonic fraternal group out there, the Oddfellows. The Independent Order of Oddfellows, abbreviated IOOF, also known as the Three Link Fraternity, 
is an altruistic and benevolent fraternal organization derived from the similar British Oddfellows Service Organization, which came into being during the 18th century, at a time when altruistic and charitable acts were far less common. While several unofficial or self-instituted lodges had existed in New York City sometime in the period between 1806 and 1818, because of the charter relationship, the American Oddfellows is regarded as being founded in Baltimore at the Seven Stars Tavern on April 26, 1819 by Thomas Wildey and some associates who assembled in response to a newspaper advertisement. The following year, the lodge affiliated with the Manchester Unity and was granted the authority to institute new lodges. In 1842, after an elementary dispute on whether the American lodges were to be involved in decision-making procedures, the American lodges formed a separate governing system from the English order, and in 1843 changed their name to the Independent Order of Oddfellows. The word independent in the organization's name was given by the English parent organization as a part of the chartered title in the new North American chapter. In the following year, lodges were instituted all over the country, first in the East, later in the West. The Oddfellows at one time were larger than Freemasonry, boasting more than a million members nationwide. The organization is ruled by the Sovereign Grand Lodge in Winston-Salem, North Carolina, which covers North America. Each state has an associated Grand Lodge, which governs local lodges. The Oddfellows also have many side degrees and organizations, but we'll cover those in a future segment. Today, Oddfellows Lodges still exist in many communities around the U.S. Membership is now open to both men and women, with many lodges being incredibly active and diverse. The group works four degrees in the Basic Lodge. Initiatory, friendship, love, and truth. Want to know more? You can learn about historic fraternal groups and the effect they had on America by visiting and supporting the J.H. Rathbone Museum, located in Lafayette, Indiana, and on the web at www.jhrathbonemuseum.org. Hey, you just heard from Seth Anthony uh, yet again. So, um... So I came up with an idea for a new game, Love, Hate, Meh, and that's spelled M-E-H. So uh, we're just going to run through a bunch of topics. So we're going to do a panel discussion around the table and just tell us whether you like it, love it, hate it, or you just don't really care. So first thing, we're going to start with Larry. We'll go Larry, Jason, Jack, and then myself. Uh, so Larry, one-day classes. Hate. Jason? Meh. Jack? Meh. Hated it. All right. So, all right. I think mate's a word. <laughs> meh. Yeah, it's meh. Um, right. Larry, um, sales presentations during Masonic <laughs> events. Uh, actually, actually, it's uh, a three-word answer. Three words, Larry. <laughs> love, hate, or meh. I actually love, wasn't I love one it. Of them. <laughs> all right, Jason. I wasn't there, but uh, I love it. You were there for berries. Oh, I wasn't there for the presentation. Oh, okay. I take an NA on that one. Oh, okay. No, meh. I'm for it. I'm, I'm all about mercenary or other improper <laughs> motives. Yeah, yeah, I'm for it too. <laughs> all right. Want to sell a scarf? Yeah, exactly. I was like, <laughs> pot, 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 meat, kettle. Right? <laughs> uh, Larry, table lodge. Table lodge. Uh, meh. Jason? Every year, meh. Every other year, love it. Every third year, love it. 
Yeah. yeah. <laughs> One special occasion, love. Yeah. Anything else? Yeah. Hate. No. Mandatory every year, no. Um, Larry, lodge in the woods every two years. Yeah. Actually, uh, every two years. No, I, I, I loved it the first time I went there. But because of my infirmities, I'm probably not going to get back there. But it, it's, it's a great experience. Love. Love. Jack? You're selling well, tickets. So my you event, so <laughs> <laughs> I love the hell out of that song, bitch. All right, yeah, I've, I've been the one, too, and it is really cool, so uh, I go with love. Um, the, For more information. Yeah. Uh, Larry, the Pennsylvania, and I'm sure other Grand Lodges may do this thing, we have a thing called the Master Builders Program where Master Masons can achieve different levels of, you know, Master Builder. What are the other ones? Master Builder, Master Craftsman, and Master Pillar. Right. And in order to get these, you have to do a lot of neat little things like go to, you know, go to a youth event, go to another lodge, uh, go to Grand Lodge. Participate in degree, degree work. Whoa. Whoa. Twice. Wow. So, and then you Wave get the blank. special recognition. So, Larry, we're going to go to you. I say love it. Love it. Love it. And I love it, too. I think it's one of the, whoever the grandmaster or whoever the people that came up with that idea, it's, I think it's one of the coolest things I've seen Pennsylvania Freemasonry do. I think that was Bob Bateman's doing. So, good job, Bob. Um, and a boy. Bob. All right, and we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna do our last one here. We're gonna have this in the future, I think. But uh, last one, and we're allowed to ex- expound on this one a little bit if we like. Larry, the traveling gavel. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm gonna say to keep myself from getting any trouble. Nah. Jason. Made it, move it, love it. <laughs> I, I'm a, I'm in between meh and love. Jack, uh, uh, meh. Uh, and I, I'm not shy. Uh, I hate the damn thing. <laughs> <laughs> like, whenever whoever whoever came up with the idea in the beginning, it was really cool. And then when they every single Grand Lodge and every single district decided that they had to have one too what are the grand lodges are doing it I, they have another state stop asking questions Sorry. they have another states that was a discussion but but like <laughs> yeah it was kind of a cool thing but now like that they've watered it down to like you know i like what happens if you get it nothing you get the piece of wood. You don't even get to keep it because eventually you have to give it to somebody else anyway. Well, you, right? if you have it, if you have it in your possession in November, it's yours to keep for the year, and they make another one. For th- oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, if it was something that your lodge could use, like an Applebee's gift card, or uh, I don't know, a spittoon, something. But have those at Ephrata. Yeah. See, I, I don't know. I just think it's, and I was say I said offline earlier. Um, that's Larry's camera. Um, I said it off- offline earlier. But Larry hasn't found the mute button yet. Larry and I used to work for um, a Fortune 10 communications company, <coughs> Verizon. <laughs> and the we were union employees, so it was very bizarre. We were salespeople, but we were union, so they couldn't pay us. They couldn't pay us commission. So we'd have these sales events Boy, where... Boy, talk about conspiracy. Yeah, yeah, we'd have these sales events where if you sold, let's say, caller ID, the manager would run around and glue a, a helium balloon to the back of your chair so you could look across the call center and see who the most... So it motivated some people to sell more, to get more balloons. I don't no know. No motivated people. 
Yeah, it didn't motivate me. <laughs> All right. So that's it for this segment. Um, oh, I want to talk about the. All right, go ahead. I, I don't think it's a terrible idea. I mean, it's one of those things if you don't swing, you're never going to hit or miss. Does it motivate you to go to another lodge? I think that when it's presented or it's taken, because I've been there for one of the transactions, and, and it was fun. It was a lot of fun, and there's a presentation to it, and it's a cool little piece of memorabilia. That's cherry soda, by the way. Yes, of course. <laughs> Keep wishing. And I think that if you don't like it, then don't participate. I mean, it's that, you know, like there's a lot of other things we can spend our time on. If that's not your cup of tea, then there's something else. Right. Traveling between lodges, great thing. Meeting other people, great thing. Um, anything that encourages that, I'm, I'm in favor of. Um, turning it into a competition kind of um, undermines I, it a little bit. I think I think what, what is happening is that now there's just too many of there's, them. There's a Every party. There's a party of people that want to go get it, or they want to go give it away, and then they are trying to find people to go. And, and it's as opposed to like, hey, let's go give the gavel away. It's like, man, I got to find five people to go with me. I think that's what's happening. Right. So yeah. you know, big lodges like La like uh, Ephrata and and your lodge are the ones that'll keep winning. And if it's uh, Quarryville, if Quarryville had two people visit any other lodge in the country, they should get a medal. <laughs> You know, some of these lodges that have few members and little, unless they well, start we handicapping we, we us. We got skunked. We, we went up to, I don't know, someplace, I forget where it was, it was north towards Heggins up. Likens. 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 We went to Likens um, from our lodge. We had, I think, 14 guys from our lodge. Um, all of us carpooled and went up there to the, to the meeting, and we were stoked because, I mean, we've never had 14 people together for an event like that. And West Shore Lodge comes in with 27 guys. Boom. Here. Great. Nice meeting you. See ya. Done. Right. And if you, if you Boy, was that in, disappointing. If you factored in the, uh, the handicap, you guys, you guys should have won. You know, I think that this all boils down to the, the, the comment. No sour grapes, by the way. Sorry to interrupt. But yeah. no sour grapes. Good for them for bringing that many people out. That's the way it runs. That's what it was supposed to be. So it worked exactly the way it was supposed to be. You should get like a tack hammer. But we, you like know, a Masonic. like a Masonic thumbtack. That's yes. what, yeah. But and no, all seriousness. I mean, it was, it was, we were, we were, we were colossally bummed. I think the lowest common denominator and what's happening with the traveling gavel is that there's so much to do. I mean, we just came out the coattails of Scottish Rite Union. You guys just had a picnic for we're all in, in Tall Cedars. We just had Tall Cedars. We just had a 24-hour race against racism that the senior warden of my lodge, you know, busted his tail on. And, you know, the entire district was involved in that. Then they have to have meetings about the blood drive. Then they have to have meetings about the car show that's coming up. And now they're working on, we got Lodge in the Woods around the corner. We've got the cave degree. we got the quarterly. And, I mean, it's Relay just, for life. Relay for life. And you know what? That was great. And, I, and that was... There was a good showing. That's one of the things I did. I was there at four in the morning. Um, and then when you get somebody's like, oh, man, let's try to get a bunch of people together. It's like, it's my night off. I want to sleep. Yeah. I mean, I, I guess one of my things is those of us at this table and the majority of very active brothers I know are active in multiple bodies. Now, there's a few guys like our like our principal of school instruction, Ron Carson. You know, he may be in one or two other little things, but you only ever see him at Blue Lodge events. Mm -hmm. And there's other guys I only ever see them at Tall Cedar. You know, it's unfortunate because I bet you that there are some things that he would like. He's a member grotto, by the way. Yes. You know, but, but Blue Lodge has got him running hard. Yeah, but I mean, there's so many things in our area. I guess we're kind of blessed. Maybe some states and some areas don't have a lot of options, but we have too many options. And it, yeah. You know, it's it's... 
<coughs> being a musician back in the day, it was, you know, you, you never played the local club more than once a month, you know, because nobody would come to see you because, oh, I can just do that again some other time. And when you have all these options, and there's a lot of them that are mandatory, especially if you're active, that the stuff that's not mandatory and that's not that exciting, you know, if we only had two or three cool things going on and the traveling gavel was one of them, it would get way more play than it gets right now. Right. Like if, if Lodge in the Woods was every two years, if a district-wide table lodge was every three years, you would get a huge turnout. If you start having it every year... Nobody's going to go. And if you have it by lodge, and now Chapter, Chapter did it last year, and they actually had a good turnout because they had never done it before, and it was a neat idea of, you know. Um, but this year, attendance is way down. Um, so, like, because people did it last year. I don't know. All righty. So let's get on to a, a lighter topic. I have a gift for Brother Jack Harley. What? What? I, have a, I have a gift what for Brother have? Jack Harley. Oh, I was going to buy this from you. Man, oh look God. at that through What's the that? headphones. Uh, yeah, see, so, everybody look. It's so, right there. so Jack had mentioned to me, because I'm making a lot of stickers now for MasonicScarves.com. I'm making a lot of stickers because nobody wants to buy a darn scarf in the summertime. And uh, Jack says you should make a forget-me-not. So I had some forget-me-not stickers printed. And you guys actually I will had also a, buy some from. And you guys had a disagreement about the history of this. No, not a disagreement. It's not a disagreement. Okay, what's no. guy explain it? I don't care what he thinks. Okay. So that's not a disagreement. <laughs> All I said is I read. Oh, Jason I read looks so hurt. Oh my god. I read something interesting. <laughs> oh my god. And I didn't disagree with you. It was, no, I, I, it was more ahead. like an addendum. So in right. World War II. This is a time I wish we had a right? camera. All right. What you do. You just took a picture, Larry. What we've been taught about this was that in World War II, right? What I think the article that you're that you saw was, yeah, well, that's kind of clever myth, and it didn't really happen that way, and it doesn't really. It, that's not what it was. Is that kind of? Yeah. Now I got to give credit where credit is due. I just listened to the Masonic Myths episode of the Masonic Roundtable, where they talk about this. Okay. But continue. And do they believe in it? Do they, do they believe, believe do they, in it's it? Not a, it's, it's not a, not a, it's <laughs> not a belief or not believe. <laughs> it's the it's a conspiracy. It was it was used before the war by Germans for all sorts of, of charitable organizations. So it's a conspiracy of among Freemasons to wear this clandestine to, to make flower. people believe that it was meant something more than yeah. it did. And there is a school of thought that say that there's no evidence that captured Freemasons in the concentration camps war. The forget-me-nots. And I'm not arguing. I'm not and, saying that's true or not. And, I'm just saying. You, okay. So I'll, I'll tell you why. Because I like that story. I, re, I reacted as, as knee-jerk as I did. Because several months ago, I did a presentation on King Solomon's Temple. And I cornered Chris Rodkey, who is a minister um, at... Episode... Uh, PhD. Right. right. Yes. Very knowledgeable guy. And I said, Chris, I'm doing this presentation... What can you tell me about King Solomon's temple? And the very first words out of his mouth were, well, you know, there's no actual evidence that there ever was a King Solomon's temple. Drop the mic, done, walked away. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> we can't bust heads like we used to, but we have our ways. Fun trick is to tell Third, stories to his, that don't go anywhere. Can he get some trouble? Like the time I caught the fairy over the Shelby Mill, I needed a new heel for That's my... That's when we wore an onion on our belt. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's so stonecutters. So 
I mean, that's that's kind of where I went. It's like it's a it's a myth, right? It's a story, and and I care more about I care more about the meaning of the myth than the actual data points of the story. Got it. Okay. Gotcha. So, and we can say that about our whole. That's what we're all about, right? We teach through symbols and allegories and stuff, and and that's the important thing. And right. And and for me, and I've been to the Holocaust Museum, and I've seen how many Masons were killed by the Nazis. So that part is true enough for me that it resonates. So that that's and oh, I, I, I didn't I didn't mean to like you know slam the door. No, I didn't right think that you did because okay. I I love I love the story and I love yeah. the Forget Me Not. I was not poo pooing the Forget Me Not. <laughs> I was saying, hey, I read this interesting story, and, and, and here I, it is. And I just like slammed the door on you. All right, I apologize for that. It I was, gave you your book back. Rude. I'm done. So yeah. we're gonna take a, up. We're gonna speaking of books, <laughs> we're gonna take a break. We're gonna come back. We're gonna hear the news from Jack Harley. We're, we're gonna hear the book segment. Oh. Bro, brother on the street. Oh, no, are we doing the book segment again? Brother on. The, oh, it's a, it's a special episode this time. And uh, you know, no, my, no, it's you actually know, better because I, I read it too. Can I? Uh, <laughs> I read it. I would like to file file a, a complaint. Because you're the only one that didn't read the book this week. No, no, because last episode I said, great. So somebody's going to give the, I, what do you, what do you, the, the intro, the, the header, intro. right? Like, can somebody please record? Like, and now, book report or whatever the hell you guys are calling it. And you know what? We, we clapped, said record, yeah, and, Larry, Larry, and, we went, and it just plowed right into it. Yeah, Larry but, was going to get uh, Dick Kenna to do it, and he just never did. Yeah, that's all right. <laughs> So, Larry, what did you guys read this week? We read Coloring Lent. A little bit of background. We had the Reverend Dr. Christopher Rodkey on our show. I think it was, what, our fifth or our seventh show? It's, yeah, something like Probably that. one of the best shows we've done. And actually kind of set the pace for... Top 30. The quality. Yeah. <laughs> the quality of this program. <laughs> Chris has written numerous books. Uh, I don't want to go into too much detail about all of the degrees he has. What did you call him? He's a PhD. Uh, what was it? Uh, uh, Paris, Harvard, and Dallastown? And Gap, yeah. And Gap. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, he's written many, many books. And he, uh, some of them, hardcovers, of course, uh, Too Good to Be True was one of them. Uh, all these available on uh, Amazon. And the, uh, the, the synaptic gospel, he's, he's, again, he's, he's co-wrote with a whole bunch of people, too. I think to his credit, he's got seven or eight actual real books out there. But he comes along and he decides that he wants to do something a little bit different. So he gets a, 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 an artist together and they actually put together a coloring book. Jack, you can tune in here. And actually, but. it becomes his bestseller. It's huge. It's all over the place. And it's a, I, I don't want to call it, I, I have difficulty in, in saying that it's an adult coloring book because to me, a coloring book is a coloring book. It doesn't matter what age you are. Well, it, it, it is a coloring book. No yep. question about that. It's, the format is that, the structure is that, the paper is that. It, it's, it's a coloring book. Um, now, first of all, you have to go back and say coloring is huge right now. Right. And adult coloring books. Adult really, coloring yeah. books are gigantic. Right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, it, it, it's a very popular hobby. So, 
for Chris to pick that as a format, I think, was was really clever. Smart. Um, yeah. As a businessman. Um, and one of the reviews that I read um, alongside this thing was um, uh, one part of it, the, the, the reviewer said, I'm not really sure I want to sit down with my kid and color the crucifixion of Christ, right? Because um, those are colors I'm not sure, you know, what that's going to look like at the end of the day. But it, it's 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 what I like about how he's written it is that he's pulling in things that aren't just gospel. He's pulling in Old Testament references um, to Isaiah and, um, and and even extra biblical stuff from authors that are reflecting on it. Um, you know, monks who wrote in the 1300s or whatever. So he's bringing in a lot of stuff. And as I'm reading this thing, I'm thinking. I, I, I really ought to find that source um, and and really understand what the source is saying that he's taken this little snippet out of. I always like to do that when I well, read anything. Well, in, in the entire coloring book, he's got all of that information in the back yeah. of the coloring book. Yeah. Uh, he but it's not a hyperlink, so I'm never going to see it. It's just unbelievable. I mean— I've never known of a color book that has a bibliography, that has uh, has a lexicon. I mean, it has everything in this coloring book. Mm -hmm. uh, so it is quite amazing there, which mm -hmm. goes on to explain each page in great and vast detail. Yeah. And for, as, as, a, as, a, as an image format, it's kind of a, like a Peter Mac, Max kind of. Uh, exactly, yeah. Kind of. The graphics are, yeah, very, are really. Well, more stained glass like. Yeah. Not even. Um, it was Peter Max, right? Is that. Is that Am I thinking right? About yeah, you're the, thinking like, right. The 60s, yeah. Uh, yeah. The, the art. Um, I, I, mod, I met art. him on a beach in Acapulco, and we got drunk together. Uh, really? Seriously. So yeah. um, that's a scary banana hammock. Down Name the drop. <laughs> um, but, but that's the kind of pictures that it looks like. It could be stained glass. It would yeah. be modern stained glass. Yeah, and um, it's a rare book that I've actually read because there's very few words in it. And 39 pages. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, no, no, I do know that he got input from – a lot of people of different, um, not faiths, I guess, of different. Oh, uh, oh, definitely faith, different faiths. Yeah. yeah he's, so he's I mean, it, it's like it's really open. Whereas, like you know, he's a UCC minister. My wife is a Mennonite. She loves it. Like mm -hmm. it's it's really anybody. It's just it's a good book. It's intellectually challenging, and and it it pulls from all those. Face because after all, we're, it, it, it's one world, right? And I think that's what Chris is trying to get through in that is that uh, everything pulls toward the center. We just all have a different perspective on where the center is. Yeah, he was actually just down the street last night. Um, for a Ramadan celebration. Yeah, yeah, he had a uh, Ramadan dinner at the Islamic Center. Um, he invited us. Yeah, um, I, I had a. Did you go? No, no. I was. Uh, we have a a, a, a quint. A, one fifth of a quince that we uh, that we mentor my wife and I, um, you know, help them with homework and do different stuff. So uh, now we are a little busy, but alrighty. So I think that was a good segment. Uh, we should uh, say. Well, okay, yeah. Now how do we, you get a hold of the book? You, oh, well, you can go to Amazon. You can buy the book. I think it's about two dollars and some cents. We can put the link up on our Facebook. Yeah, we page. put the link up on our uh, right. Facebook page. And what's the name of the book again? It is coloring called Lent. coloring Lent. There will be a new one out, a new coloring book out in, I think, in November of this year, 2017, and that is uh, a coloring advent, which we have copies of that in our, uh, in our file. 
he sent he was gracious enough to send us copies for that uh, that uh, being released so he's going to have two coloring books out so he should be rolling in the money Really, he'll be, he a, he'll be a hundred air. No we should bill him for this plug. We know. should really, you know yeah. that. This is sponsored by Coloring Lint. <laughs> All right. But anyway, let's rate it, uh, Jack. What did you think? Um, I forgot what our scale was. Love it, read it, give it, or burn it. Or meh, read it. No, there is no meh. Read it. Yeah, definitely, sure. definitely. Read it and and do it or give it. You know, I, I say give it. I'm gonna rate it. Color it. No, don't you you. I'm not part of this. Like, the box. Yeah, because Jason doesn't read. So what else do we have coming up? That was it. Oh, Jack, you have any news for us today? Ooh. Then I guess we can wrap up and get out of here. We've been, this show's been do taking you, days. Do you have news? I could have news if you want me to. Let's yes, have news. yes, we want news, definitely. It's a very short, uh, very short article. It fits in well with, our, uh, with some of our topics today. Give it a second. All right. Lead in the news. Good news, everyone. Masonic Light News. News not fit to print. In an unprecedented recent development last week, 12 Masons met together socially outside of a lodge meeting. It was reported that no one complained about anything, and the subject of how it used to be was never brought up. After an investigation into the matter, one past master responded, Well, that's not how we did it in my year. To which the master replied, Yes, we know. And that's the Masonic News. So mote it was. Thank you, Mr. Harley. And uh, I don't know. I think we've said enough. Well, what do we got going on? I don't know. Larry, you have anything going on Masonically? Masonically, uh, no, not really. There's lots going on. Some well, of them will we, already we have, happen. We have Grotto coming up this Grotto Saturday. Saturday. Did any of you RSVP? Because only like 17 people have RSVP'd. I did. 17 people? As soon as I get that email, I RSVP'd. Did you RSVP, Larry? No, I did not because Are you I, going? Larry. I am not going. Jason? I'm not going. Why not? Because... Is it really Saturday or is it Sunday? Saturday. Saturday. Sunday's, Saturday fa- Sunday's Father's Day. We, well, we, we either, either... So... That's a whole other. That's a whole other. Okay, so Jack and I will be there. (laughs) I won't be there. Uh, Hopefully, I will be visiting Grandma. He will be there to resuscitate me. I mean, Um, I mean, it disturbs me. We do have commitments to do something else. We uh, we have, but geez, the food he's going to have is incredible. Yeah, pork shoulder, pork shoulder ribs, chicken. Oh my god. Um, so for all of you hearing this, it just happened. Right. Yeah. Uh, Larry, Yo. Uh, grease and gri- goose and gridiron, Bruce. of course. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's all you have. That's all I have. All right, Jason. You, <laughs> I, so I, I know your schedule. Uh, Jason, you have a lot because you work in the field. I do. Yeah, misery. work, 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 work. But uh, for Father's Day, I think we are going to Grand Lodge and we're going to spend the day in Philadelphia. And uh, it would have already happened, but there's also a... a That's what you wanted for Father's Day? What's heck? No, I want to go to Philly, but I've been trying to go to Grand Lodge on a Saturday for a year now. If he worked in a coal mine, would he get down a hole for Father's Day? (laughs) (laughs) Grand Lodge is is cool. And then then there's a Fogo de Chapter around the corner. Ah, He has learned to circumscribe (laughs) his desires. Uh, Red, green. Red, green. Stated meeting. Um, Yeah. In in the next couple weeks, debating going to the quarterly in Pittsburgh. And then work, 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 work. Go so to the quarter. I, I did my upcoming at the beginning, so I, I, I kind of got covered <laughs> already. So yeah, grotto, and then um, I guess council coming up. Uh, chapter, come to chapter. I'll go to. You come to council. Come I'll to go chapter. to chapter. I'm not a member of council. Well, then we work on that. 
You're a member um, of chapter. I'm going to develop. Maybe, to maybe, maybe I'll develop a. Uh, I have a project that I want to work on. Maybe we can make millions. I'll make a commercial for next week. A Masonic fidget spinner. <laughs> you know, to keep the Tyler awake or somebody. Maybe the. So. Oh, Larry, take us out of here. Yeah, actually, we, we have a Masonic fidget spinner. It's our cell phones. How many times have you been in a lodge meeting, look down, see a glow in someone's face because you know what they're doing? Oh, that's time to go home. Yay. So let's play some music. Special thanks to Monarch Studios in our beautiful, beautiful studio. Love coming here. Our producer and co-host, Jason Lewis, who, again, takes this show to new heights every time because you guys have no idea how we can screw things up and he takes it. Kind of, it's kind of like an undertaker after, like, Sonny Corleone went through the <laughs> the toll booth. That's a really good one. I was going to say, by, by heights, it's just a giant, Absolutely. giant pothole that I level, level off again. I need you to use all of your powers, all of your gifts. Jack Harley, our news director, Ta-da. which always uh, keeps us entertained. R.C. McCorvey, brother on the street. Um, yeah, where are you, R.C.? And uh, Seth Anthony, again, for his wonderful insight into fraternities that we had no idea existed. And also thanks, Seth, for, uh, Seth, for coming on the show tonight. Uh, you helped add, uh, how should I say, a certain amount of credence to what we were trying to do. A, a, a uh, class? I, oh, yeah, I, I exactly. See him, my, my visualization of Seth is a wise owl sitting in a tree. Just and somehow he associates yeah. with us. <laughs> exactly. Maybe it's the glasses. Our audience response advisor, Luke Warm. Our grammar consultant, I am Shirley Wright. Uh, also, recognition to our law firm of uh, Hammer, Hammer, and Boom. And I want to leave you with one thought, okay? Uh, nah, I'm not going to leave you with one thought. Never mind. Did you, did yeah. you give a shout-out to Rathbone Museum? Oh, no, no. It's no. in the notes, Larry. It's, it's in, in the notes. notes. <laughs> uh, well, <laughs> Who wrote those All notes? right, shout-out, shout-out. Anybody have a shout-out beside me? No. Okay. Shout-out to the J.H. Rathbone Museum. Which you can contact at www.jhrathbonemuseum.org, a museum and library dedicated to preserving the rich history of fraternal organizations in the United States. Or you can stop in somewhere in Ohio, or is it Indiana? Larry, step on that snake. Oh, oh, Indiana. Okay, all right. We can talk about that later. But anyway, take a make, make a visit. We do this to promote the Rathbone because. Our dear, dear friend Seth Anthony is a member of the board of directors for that organization. I think Seth should start a new segment called Seth Drugs and Rock and Roll. (laughs) (laughs) This is Jason Lewis. This is Jack Harley. This is Peter James Ruggieri. This is Larry Maris. Thanks for listening. Smiling with our voices. You know, we got to sign off with a happy face. All right. Smile when you're on the phone. Smile. You are what you yeah. eat. Yeah. Yeah. That's the, that's the old Verizon technique. Smile when you're on the damn phone. Let them feel that smile. This is Jason. Oh, that's great. See? I always sign off cheery. Yeah, Pete doesn't. Yar. And uh, Jack, it depends on what mood they're in. I think Jack should sign off as sometimes Jack, but lately it's been pretty consistent, Jack. Hey, everybody.
I, I didn't know I didn't know when I went for my confirmation you had to have a confirmation name. So I just said um, James. So my name is Peter James James. <laughs> I can hear you guys just fine. Can you can hear Larry fine? Can you hear me fine? Yeah, I can. Can you hear Mo and Curly? I guess that's yep, a yes. Yep, All right. Yep. Well, I don't, I don't think we have. Uh, shit, I don't know what to say. Well, it's your idea. 